0: In the morning, they did not recognize the land, but they noticed a bay with a beach on which they planned to run the ship ashore if they could. So they cast off the anchors and left them in the sea. At the same time, they loosened the ropes that tied the steering oars, then hoisting the foresail to the wind, they made for the beach. But striking a reef, they ran the ship aground The bow stuck and remained immovable, but the stern was being broken up by the force of the waves. The soldier's plan was to kill the prisoners so that none might swim away and escape. But the centurion, wishing to save Paul, kept them from carrying out their plan. He ordered those who could swim to jump overboard first and make for the land, and the rest to follow, some on planks and others on pieces of the ship. And so it was that all were brought safely to land. After we had reached safety, we learned that the island was called Malta. The native showed us unusual kindness. we are in this sermon series where we're looking at the way that our faith works or uh, how our faith should be active in the world. And in this text that we just saw, it's actually at the very end of the book of Acts, and it's a really long story that would take us about a week to read. Because it begins when Paul goes to Jerusalem to visit his church there and presumably to take the offering he's collected at other churches. But the Sanhedrin, or the religious authorities, accuse Paul of breaking the Jewish law. And he's in trouble. But Paul appeals to the Roman authorities. He says, look, I'm a Roman citizen. And so the government says, okay, I'll tell you what, we'll send you to Rome and we'll let them hear your case there. Now, this is how Paul gets on the ship. He goes over to Caesarea under armed guard, right, the centurion and a bunch of soldiers. He's a prisoner. And they go to Caesarea, which is the port there in, in, uh, the, in Palestine, in the Holy Land. And then they travel around the Mediterranean to try and get over to Italy. But it's the end of the sailing season. The the winds and the weather is changing. They think they can make it, and instead they end up in trouble. They see this island, and they think they can probably get the ship to shore, but instead they hit a sandbar. They break up, shipwreck. The centurion doesn't want the prisoners killed because he likes Paul. And so they swim or float to the shore. All are saved. And then the people of Malta, Maltese? Maltians, The people of Malta extend them kindness, build fires. I thank you for laughing. Build fires and feed them and take care of them. This is the story of Paul's shipwreck. And the interesting thing here is if I said to you do you think Paul is probably one of the most faithful Christians of all time would you say yes yeah i mean from the among the millions and millions and millions of Christians over the 2000 years most people would see Paul as one of the ones who was most faithfully following Jesus with his life. And yet, Paul ends up shipwrecked. And it's not even Paul's first shipwreck. It's probably his third shipwreck. And on top of that, we know Paul has been in prison and in all kinds of predicaments. Now, some would say, if following Jesus doesn't magically fix my life, and what good is faith in Jesus Christ? Because if we're looking at Paul, it's quite clear that faith in Jesus isn't going to take us out of the hard places and the shipwrecks of life. We all are going to experience shipwrecks and difficult times in our lives. Some people want faith to be like a magic wand that you wave and everything is better. Or, you know, that God is like Superman who comes uh, swooping down to pull you out of the trouble that you're in. But that is not how God works. It's not how faith works. I mean, faith is kind of like having a full tank of gas, which God has given to us, But unless we're willing to drive the car to get to where we need to be, we're not going anywhere. Nothing's going to change. We're going to be right there in the midst of the shipwreck. So if faith doesn't prevent us from being shipwrecked or whatever, then what good is faith? Ah, of course I have an answer for you this morning. I think it's evident that there are already two things that our faith is doing in the world all the time. And, you know, we may not always be aware of the way our faith is really working for the good in our lives. Now, the first thing is this. You know, when we follow Jesus, when we uh, uh, commit ourselves to his teachings, we do begin to live our lives in a certain way, right? If I asked you, aren't there certain things that you should do as a follower of Christ and maybe certain things you shouldn't do, I think all of you would say, well, yes, we we understand there is a way that Jesus is teaching us to live that is for our good. And in fact, I was thinking this week, some of you maybe heard about um uh, the altercation at the championship game between uh, the 49ers and the Rams last week. So apparently, before the game, there were a group. Uh, there was a group of 49er fans who were in the parking lot, and a Rams fan walked by. One of the 49er fans gave him a little push, and the Rams fan turned around and decked him just hit him in the face as hard as he could. The guy fell and uh, hit his head. He's in the hospital in a coma, and the uh, guy who hit him now is has been arrested. Now, here's the thing. If those guys were following the teachings of Jesus, the first guy wouldn't have pushed the ram's fan, and the ram's fan, instead of decking him, would have turned and walked away. But instead, they have made a shipwreck of their lives because they are not adhering to those basic things that will lead you to life and, and, and prevent a lot of the things that people bring upon themselves. So the first thing is that, you know, if we're just living our lives trying to be a good person the way Jesus teaches us, we're probably going to avoid some of life's shipwrecks and hard places. But then there's a second thing. I really think that when we're exercising our faith in the world, it's kind of like an emergency survival kit. Now, here's the thing. Uh, I have so many times heard people who have lost a loved one say, I don't know how anyone gets through this without faith in God right how do people do that they're, they're they're in that when you come to these uh, uh hard places and shipwrecks when you have faith in God it helps you walk through those hard times uh, i have a friend who lives in iowa and as you can imagine uh the winters are like uh what we had this week for months And so although Oklahoma City gets a snowstorm and we close down and everybody just stays home, in Iowa they don't. They just go about their normal business. And so he says almost everybody prepares an emergency survival kit that they put in their car. And it has some water in it. And it has some granola bars. And and it'll have some blankets and maybe some kitty litter to, you know, help with traction if they need it. But most of all, they make sure that they have a candle and a lighter. And what I learned from him is, no matter how cold it gets, if you have that little flame, you will survive. It is enough heat, you you may not be comfortable, but it is enough heat to keep you alive. Now, this to me is like the emergency survival kit of faith. No matter how much the shipwreck, no, no matter how difficult the place, we have this little light that is still shining and it's going to keep us alive. It, it, it's, like, it's like the plank in the water that sometimes all you can do is float on it until you get to safety. But any time... We find ourselves in a hard place. Don't you know we are standing on the rock? The rock has not moved. The rock is steadfast. And our faith reminds us that no matter what comes our way, we have a God who is with us, who is walking with us. And if we continue the journey, God will not fail us. That is the promise of faith. I think it's obvious that Paul is one who knows this, right? Paul is the guy who will say, you know, whatever circumstance I am in, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I know that, that Christ is there, that God is working for my good. No matter where I am, I have the eyes to see that. But there's one more thing in this text that I think is so interesting and says something important to us. For Paul, in this story, help comes from people who aren't people of faith. Help comes from the places that you would not be expecting. And the problem sometimes is we have expectations about how the help is going to come when in fact God is sending it in ways we would not have expected or imagined. I mean, think about it. First of all, the government saves him uh, from uh, the Sanhedrin. And then, uh, if you think about it, the um, centurion saves him from being killed by the soldiers. And then the people of Malta, they save them and offer them hospitality and kindness. And it makes me wonder if we were driving on the highway in our car uh, about a flat tire and a a Hispanic middle-aged man who speaks little English in a radio car pulled up and said, let me help you with that tire. Would we, because he was different, because he wasn't who we were expecting, would we say, no, that's okay? Or would we potentially have the eyes of faith to see maybe God has sent someone You see, Paul is showing us that oftentimes the help we need will come in ways that we are not expecting. And I wonder as well if it doesn't become an opportunity for us to talk about our faith in ways that are quite easy to do. I mean, after all, Paul ends up uh, starting a church there in Malta. And I'm sure the centurion had seen something in him that made him want to help Paul. So, you know, imagine that this man, you say, yeah, please do help me with the tire. And then you say to him, hey, I'm just wondering if, if you're a follower of Jesus, cause your, your kindness makes me think you are. It's a great way to begin a conversation about faith and who Jesus is in a world that often thinks that Christians are simply judgmental people who, you know, want to condemn you of your sins or whatever. It's a way to open the door to a conversation because, you know what, God may already be at work in that person and they just don't know that God is there working for their good. So you see, this story in Paul has so much to say to us about what it is to live by faith in the world. There are always going to be shipwrecks in our lives. There are always going to be hard times when illness comes or financial difficulty or we lose a job or there's a broken relationship or whatever it may be. But God is there holding us up. And it's up to us to be able to see and recognize that God is still there at work for us. Uh, I have passed out to those of you who are here in the sanctuary today a card with a prayer on it. Uh, For those of you who are at home, I think we'll have it for you to see, and, and you can get a copy later. But it's called the Welcome Prayer. And the purpose is to lay down all those things that we let get between us and the very presence of God, so that we might be able to see how God is at work here and now in the midst of whatever we face. And so, if you would join me in this prayer. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I welcome everything that comes to me today, because I know it's for my healing I welcome all thoughts, feelings, emotions, persons, situations, and conditions. I let go of my desire for power and control. I let go of my desire for affection, esteem, approval, and pleasure. I let go of my desire for survival and security. I let go of my desire to change any situation, condition, person, or myself. I open to the love and presence of God and God's action within me. Amen. That, people of God, is faith at work in the world. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.